It's Great Mondays Radio. I'm Josh Levine, your host, founder of Great Mondays. We help executives from hypergrowth technology and social enterprise organizations build cultures that attract, engage, and retain top talent. If you'd like to be a guest on our program, hang out for about 20 minutes and I'll tell you how. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Great Mondays Radio. Today I have the CEO of Engagedly, Sri Chalapa. He is here to tell us all about uh, employee engagement, how he has, uh, how he kind of came to this, and um, why he's decided to invest his entire career in building a company that. Um, is all about employee engagement. Sri, thank you so much for coming on. I know you're a busy man. I appreciate you coming on Great Mondays. Yeah, thanks, Josh. I love the title Great Mondays. It's what I want everyone to look for. That's the goal. <laughs> that's the that's what we're trying to do here. Um, so, Sri, um, you are you know now a CEO of of this company. Um, it's been around for a number of years now, but that's not where you started. You've done a bunch of other things. You have a bunch of experience. Um, when when in your career, you know, early on, maybe when when you realized that culture was like you know kind of hit you on the forehead, like oh my gosh, actually this is really this is something that's really important. You know, it was early on, but I didn't necessarily put the word culture to it, right? Like, why do I like working here and why did I not like working somewhere else? Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so, and it was not because of one specific manager either. It was across the board. There was a different feeling, you know, he just felt better about working there. Uh, my, my, one of my first jobs, I, you know, I did like working there somewhat, but it didn't really challenge me. As, so I quit and went to... Uh, work for uh, you know Ernst and Young, which is a uh, back you know back in the day was both doing both auditing and consulting. Yeah. Um, and really, the culture there really resonated, resonated with me. It was very ambitious, uh, you know, culture that supported people, supported each other, you know. And there was a partnership still back then. I think it's still a partnership, I guess. Um, and the partners really treated their people like like family, you know, um, to some extent. And I'm not I'm obviously using the family quote unquote here because you know you do get fired if you don't perform. Um, <laughs> people don't fire family members. But that being said, you know, it, it was a very different um, mindset at that point. And then at some point, you know, there was a transition where it some other some of the business units got spun off and was bought by a, a, another consulting company. Uh, I'm not going to name that consulting company for to protect uh, the, in a sense. <laughs> I'm sure we can do some internet research. Uh, really but I could see pretty much overnight, you know, within a few weeks, if you will, at the latest, that it was a different culture. People huh. were not excited about working there. People were not excited about some of the communication coming from the management. People were wondering if they had a career here anymore. And it's, you saw a lot of exodus in the process, you know, in the process. So that, that was the first time I realized it does matter because now I went from an okay culture to a great culture to not so great culture again. And I could really see the transition of how people felt and how I felt, you know, to be honest. In a, in a short time frame. Right. Like it compresses that it, 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 it amplifies that experience. Right. Yeah. If you're saying it happened within a few weeks. That's crazy. I'm there's this saying that it takes um 
years to build a brand, but only a moment to destroy it. And that it, <clears throat> I don't, I don't know that I applied that to culture, but I, but until you just said that, I think that's probably true. Like culture has an inertia and it takes a lot to build something that really works. But if you're, you're, can you give us, can, do you have an observation? Like how did, why did it change? You're like this, that was the same group of people they got acquired, but now they were under different leadership. It was like someone just went in and be like, all right, peasants, you know, work harder. Like what, what happened that changed that? You know, we, you know, Ernst and Young had a reputation, right, of being a, a, a very strong group of people who worked hard. If you worked hard, you got promoted. And and, and, and some, of, some of it was also up or out type of mentality as well. So you either get promoted and you do well over yep. your career yep. or you move yep. out to go to the industry, you know, which was, it, just certain, it appeals to a certain group of people. It certainly appealed to me. The other one felt like a job, you know, you were just doing a job and mm. you're treated like a, 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 a job a person doing a job, the investment in mentoring and coaching, uh, and growth was just not quite there, you know, from people. I mean, I say investment, I don't necessarily mean sending me to some training, right. Or conducting some large classroom trainings or providing access to, you know, LinkedIn learning or things like that. It was just, there was there was no investment from the management to coach the people below them so that they can rise above, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's almost felt like people lost agency in their own careers. And when you get that feeling, you know, you're getting paid the same, if not sometimes, you know, you could get paid more. Some of them got paid more. We got a, a, a same similar bonus structure. The 401k plans, plans were the same. We had the same managers for the most part, right? But, but it just felt different, you know, because it was like, you know, this is not, the same culture and mindset that we have uh, we had in the, in the past. And I think you mm -hmm. can put a number on it, you know, but if you did a poll, you clearly see the results. You know, there was a company I was talking to a few weeks back where something changed in the market, you know, in the SaaS world. It, it, SaaS world is going through a, a, some kind of a seismic shift right now, you know, with, in terms of how uh, some SaaS companies are doing, there's layoffs, things like that. The people are the same, and they went from an 85 uh, score of an, on employee engagement to a 35 or 37. I can't remember the exact Holy, number. That was a massive shift in just one year when they did the survey again. Same people, same CEO, same something changed in, the, in, in there. Now, layoffs do happen, right? You Layoffs are happening at Microsoft, it happened at Google. Yeah. But I don't think you're going to see that kind of a shift unless there's a significant shift in the middle level in how their management is communicating, how the people are feeling about their own careers and growth. Um, so th those are some of the things really that can resonate and reverberate. And it's hard to fix it once it goes down. It's really hard. It's really hard to fix once. once it's not impossible, but it, it takes a lot of energy and effort when when it strikes me when you're talking about Ernst and Young it's like you know what you're going to get it's very clearly laid out and you and that you know i think big consulting groups like that are very clear about what they expect and you clearly that that worked for you right that attracted you you're motivated to do that so one of the one of the 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 traits right you want people that are motivated but they're also interested in their own growth you talk about this up or out and so when one of the points that you're just making there about, you know, while there was no 
uh, there was there was no path, there was no investment in, and it wasn't even the money. It was just that you're aware that people that the managers or leaders don't even see that as a, a, a valuable thing. And when that happens, then you you have that engagement drops. It's like oh, they're they are not aware of mine of what I'm looking for. The kind of and that's particularly uh, acute. You're coming from this place that had a very clear culture and and then it became not. So it was really on the error was in in the on the on them because they didn't see that. It's like the kind of people and what they cared about, what they wanted, right? They didn't want more flex time. They wanted more ability to to grow. Yes. You know, there's a funny part, right? There are people, it depends on, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a, I talk about this a lot about even of our, about our product and, and our solution. It's really about creating better alignment between management and people. Mm. And most culture issues happen when there's misalignment between the two. And clearly this was a misalignment because the people wanted something, management wanted something else. And, and they never could align, at least not in the time period I was there on, right. on the right alignment of what the people wanted. And, and what the management or the leadership, I should say, wander out of it. And when you have a, getting people from a company or organization that is really ambitious, driven, they're not afraid to work on Sunday nights, Saturday nights, if they need to, to get things done. Not everyone is built from this mold. Some people like that about their young, at least when they're in their younger years, they do like that because they want to progress in the careers. And then there are a group of people who want to they say that hey, it's four o'clock on Friday, it's time I'm leaving, you know, or, or it's five o'clock on a Monday, I'm, I need to leave, right? There's that kind of people. And there's nothing wrong with either one of them. That's just the, the cohort you're working with. Yep. Now, if you try to fit this cohort into that type of mindset, I'm not saying the other company was like that, but I'm just giving an example here. It's going to be a culture clash. It's going to be a culture mix, man. Then people are, some people think, hey, you, these guys are really aggressive. The other person might think these people are just slacking off. They're not really right. pulling weight. You know, it's, it's, and that's, that, that kind of issue can happen. So people, and, and this is especially true with M&A, right? When you do M&A, if you get people from varying culture where you get somebody who's totally, you know, like a family-run business, and then you merge them into a, a fast-growing SaaS company yeah. or a fast-growing startup, which has a very much like, burn the candle on both end type of mindset, you know, it's not going to work. There's just different mindset there. How so, so many, so many good questions. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of resonating with this construct of, of alignment or misalignment between leadership and employees. So how, uh, you know, an organization of 500 or 5,000 people, those employees are going to need, you know, they're going to want all different things how does a leader, right? So, if, you know, the, the people that listen to this podcast, they're, they're usually managers or leaders in some capacity. So how do they get a sense of what it is that people want? What kind of questions could they ask that might, you know, it's like, there's certain things that I want. I want kombucha in the middle of the day, but that doesn't mean like I'm going to get it. And then I'm going to leave because I don't get that. Right. Exactly. Right. So what, what, is it that I'm asking, what kind of things are we looking for when we're trying to figure out who my, who the employee population is and, and what's going to matter to them? That's a very difficult question. Obviously you can run engagement service, but engagement service is really about perception, not always about reality. You know, I have my own, 
uh, skepticism about engagement service to some extent. I mean, it, it, it gives you some semblance of engagement, but it is not a true reflection of engagement. I think the best way to do that is to really have these sidebar conversations. You know, let's say you have a team event or you do a conference, you all go together, maybe on a side when you're having a coffee or taking a walk uh, or you're playing, you know, maybe go, go for a run together or something like that. You have these conversations with people that are one or two levels removed from you, right? And that's how you get these conversations because you get them talking. Now mm. the management can hear what people are saying but are they actually listening to what people are saying? Because what listening means reading between the lines on what they actually mean when they say something, you know? Uh, and behaviors are more indicative than words. So if, if you see a behavior of people not always showing up for a meeting or they're not responding to your emails on time or if, or if they have, um, you know, if they have repeated issues from a customer because somebody is not responding to the customer, things like that, you know, those are behaviors that you can get some grasp on and, and people should, instead of scolding them, you should have a conversation like what's really going on here? What is the driver behind it? And you can get a sense from the words they use and, and the body language on what's really could be driving those behaviors. And mm -hmm. I think if you do that enough across multiple, multiple people, across different regions, you'll get a good sense. And, you, and that means you have to step out of your office, step out of your ivory tower um, and take a walk and talk to people. Obviously it's much harder in a hybrid environment, which will require you to you yeah. know, actually have one-on-one -on -one conversation. Maybe even like do an agenda-less conversation, just check in and how things are going. Yeah. You know, ask about their, their family, their overall life in general, you know, things like that, which they will reveal. And that requires, this is an important one here, that this requires that you create a culture of psychological safety. Because if the employee feels that whatever they say could be used and may and and has been used in the past against them, they're gonna they're gonna be telling you what you want to hear and not what they really feel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, this human to human, um, you know, what's going on, and hopefully, you're right. I mean, if if they have repeated, if there's something that's repeated issues that that is essentially flagging disengagement and you better get in there quick and ask what's going on because otherwise that person is you know either going to you know continue to do that or they're going to leave and maybe you that would could be something that you want to you want to make sure that they're able to you know you, you can make them it's, it's better to turn someone around that's already inside the company i would you know i i would suggest right i mean obviously if it's not a good fit it's not a good fit but what we're really talking about is figuring out, sussing out what, what kind of people do we want and what kind of people do we have or what kind of culture do we, do we want, right? Burn the candle at both ends or, you know, work-life balance. What, do, what kind of behaviors are we looking for from people? And then how do we get those people in? And again, yes. I think the, it's like, I knew exactly what you were going to say when you said you worked at Ernst & Young's. Like, yeah, of course. Like, that's the kind of person that it articulates. And I feel like that's success. Like, if you're able to articulate and people have a sense of what your, you know, what your culture is like in the market, then you're going to sh have people show up. So that becomes this, if we've identified, right? So step one is what kind of culture do we want? Step two is articulating that to our people in the market. Yes, yes, and and then letting the people articulate that, advocate for that, right? You 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 know 
what the culture of, let's say, a BCG is or a McKinsey is or IBM is or, or some other organization. I'm not going to start naming names, but not because they're saying something. It's because their people are saying something. It's right. because the recruiters are saying something outside mm -hmm. recruiters. I'm not talking about inside recruiters. In, inside recruiters will say all the things you want to hear. But the outside recruiters, what are they saying? What are the ex-employees saying about that company? Because ex-employees mm -hmm. will, will actually give you a lot more insight. You know, you, you know the culture of, let's say, you know, Facebook or Google from talking to the ex-employees of Google and Facebook or right. ex-employees of Salesforce or right. you know, ex-employees of GM and things like that. So, that's, so your people are going to be your brand ambassadors, positive or negative, whether they're in the company or outside the company as well. So when people leave, make sure they're leaving on, on, on amicable terms yeah. because they're going to they're gonna destroy your culture in, 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 the, in, the, uh, in the workplace market out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do, you know, one, one of the things that I try to do is help organizations articulate what their culture is so they can attract the right people. But it does, it, there's like the advertisement of it, quote unquote, and then there's the actual experience of that, right? Where you're like, oh, don't use that product or you should definitely try it. And so to me, it's, there's always, you know, it is wise if you're, you're going to work at a company to talk, they're like, oh, who do you want to talk to? Right? Like talk to a few people internally, but it sounds like you're advocating for identifying and maybe trying to chat up some people who used to work there. And it doesn't, and just because you've left doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, that's mm -hmm. not that's not the only reason people leave. So I don't think that you're biasing necessarily, right? Everybody who is an ex-employee is going to think negatively. No, I don't. I don't think that's tr true at all. No, it's not true at all. Yeah, it, so that's why it, it is good to you know when they leave, think of them as still as brand ambassadors. They're still yeah. a brand ambassador. So, they are. You know, so don't. Don't treat them shabbily when they're leaving, you know, whether it's for performance or whether they're leaving you high and dry in the middle of a major project that you're on. Yeah. Even then, right? It is it's a choice. Ultimately, it's a um, you know, it in the US we have right to leave our, our work any we want, right? And right, right. fire somebody for any reason for the most part. Yeah. So so it is a uh, completely voluntary arrangement. So, you know, I think you just need to accept it and try to make it work. One of the, the, there's interesting terms. So, you know, what you and I are talking about now are exit interviews, right? That's really smart to do, gather this information. But I'm also hearing people talk about stay interviews, right? right? And that, to me, it almost feels like what you're describing, this informal, let's sit down, let me hear what's going well, let me hear what's not going well. And the, the, that is going to be more valuable uh, and and help people help you understand why people are or are not engaged earlier on, right? Don't wait for those flags to show up. Yes, yeah, and I think ultimately, whether it's your customer or your employee or your spouse or your kids, it's the the constructs are very similar. They just want to know that you care about them, you give them some level of agency, and you are. You know, you, uh, they matter to you. They matter. You know, they matter. Their work matters. So I think those things are not, they don't cost money. They just cost your attention a little bit and some right. and intentionality on your part to do it right. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been on the, on the wrong end of that equation before. 
Um, and I, uh, I have learned from my own experiences, and I think that those are some of the things I, I take forward, whether it's a employee that is two or three levels down from me, or whether it is my, my peer or anyone else in that other matter. Yeah. How do you, how do you make the time for that? Those, those kind of, I mean, it, it, it feels more and more important, but less and less likely that managers have the time to sit down and have those one-on-ones because that is the opportunity, not just to gather information, but like you said, to demonstrate that I see you. And that's going to be, that is infinitely more valuable than a coffee card or a pat on the back. Yes. You know, the thing is you learn when you talk to people, they will share some of the things they like to do. You know, somebody likes to run or somebody is training for a marathon or somebody likes to play pickleball or somebody likes to, um, work out the gym or somebody likes to shoot for photographs for photography for fun and things like that. Yeah. They will drop that somewhere in your yeah. conversation at some point. You just have to remember those things to ask them because that will light, light them up and they want to talk about that. Keep talking about them. Hey, where are you on your KPIs? Why didn't you hit your number or where, when are we going to release this? You know, that's not how you build a connection. No, that's right. Now, but these are not necessarily making time. It's just inten- intentionality. Now, that just oh, still requires a, your brain to actually shift from work mode to this mode of, hey, I have not asked this person. He's been trying to, let's say, I'll make an example. He's been trying to lose weight by having get, going on this intermittent fasting or whatever that is. Maybe, maybe they mentioned that on a, on a, now obviously, psychological safety is important for them to even talk about that stuff. Um, maybe you ask them, hey, how that's going? And I learned about this and I'll send them a link to some podcast and listen to about that, right? So there are things like that that could, that makes those connections. And they're like, I matter here. Now somewhere else, they, they could care less about whether you're, you know, doing intermittent fasting or you're doing photography or or you like to, you love your dog or whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, it's interesting. So I feel like we're going reverse, then reverse order of the employee experience because what, what um what i'm now thinking about is some stories about um when you onboard a new employee ask them all the questions right like so at the very least their birthday right you have their information and then ask how they like to be celebrated ask what's important to them and that doesn't that you just have to create that form and then someone just has to read that and pay attention. And as a manager, you're like, oh, this is important to them. And you can learn a lot. And then when you remember it, it becomes the I'm seeing you moment. Hey, you matter to me. Yes. And now we're talking, you're absolutely right. This doesn't cost anything. I mean, it does cost your mental mind share. So if, you, if you're too busy to do that, give it to your assistant or your or your you know, somebody that can remind you to do not that. if it's your not if it's your spouse, though. <laughs> well, you could probably still ask your assistant to remind you of that, but she shouldn't find out. That's right. Exactly. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, OK, so you you obviously, like I said at the beginning, you've in, you've created you've invested in creating this entire platform around engagement. What was that like? Why did you decide to do this? There's a lot of other, maybe easier software platforms to create and create value. I mean, I know um, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of 
you know, culture-based software platforms and they're out there and I haven't seen any that nail it yet. And so this is a hard problem. This is a real big problem to solve. And I'm I'm pleased that you know you and others are trying to in a with a soft with software. Why did you decide that this is where you wanted to go? I mean, does it go well, back to that Ernst and Young experience? Yeah, it was, it was exactly because of that experience I had. Right when I was at EY and we, we were consulting, and it was very common for clients to poach the good consultants into their company, right? And I got at least two or three job offers while I was consulting. Obviously, they had non-compete, so there were ways to get around it. There were always ways to get around it. Um, and I could not look, see myself working in any of my client companies that I, work, uh, that I, that I consulted for. And these are big yeah. Fortune 500 publicly traded companies, yeah. right? And then I, then I became a partner in a, in a different IT services startup um, that you know, we grew to 3,000 people. And that was a great experience, right? Because you know, growing a startup to a 3,000 employee organization was, was a pretty nice journey. But in that process, you know, I, I worked with lots of clients, hundreds of clients in different capacities, you know, um, and a lot of these places, I felt like there was a disengagement problem, there was an attrition problem, they always had trouble keeping good people. And it was from these experiences, you know, when, when I was talking to my, uh, my partner, um, Jay, you know, he had this idea for engagement software that drives better engagement by building communities at workplace. Um, and it was based on this premise that people like to work where they have friends. People like to work where they feel they're being heard. People like to work where they're being recognized. People like to work where their expectations are being clearly communicated. Um, so you're not always changing the goalposts on, on them, right? Um, things like that. And so we said, what, if you solve for those specific you know, items in a software, we can build a better culture. Now, you can build a tool, but the person has to know how to use the tool effectively and should have the time and the bandwidth to do that. Yeah. So why a lot of these software don't succeed is is because of the in many other ways is, is many of the reasons is because of the 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 hand that's using the tool. Um, HR historically has been underfunded in most organizations, uh, and then it becomes HR's role to implement this tool when really this is a business function. It should be coming from the CEO and the CEO yeah. and the VP of Ops. Sounds like we're we're on parallel paths here, right? Like, hey, wake up, everybody! Culture <laughs> engagement is uh, is an executive level um, uh, scope of work that needs to be you know paid attention to. It's not just something that you can say you know some uh, HR you know business partner can do off the side of their desk, right? That we're we're well beyond that now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is still true or not, but in many organizations. You know, HR has a KPI of improving engagement, like it's in their control, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. It's in the control of the management yeah. and the operations leaders and the managers below them, you know. HR can only put some processes, but they can force them. And so it really has to come from the leadership uh, to drive this. It's. I mean, I think it comes back to the modeling of the human behavior from the top down. I mean, it can, I, I, I definitely have had multiple conversations with folks where it's like, well, if my leaders aren't doing it, can my managers do it? So it's not just the top down. It can be from the middle out. It can be, you know, it's something that employees from the bottom up need to take responsibility for, but ultimately it's going to be a lot harder if you don't have the humans 
at the top of the food chain who are we, everybody looks look to and see as successful modeling that kind of care and attention and um, identification of these priorities. Now, I, I understand that, you know, CEOs, CEOs, they, they have so many things they have to pay attention to, but it just, it flummoxes me when it's like culture is a thing over there. And it just, it, to me, it's like, I want more and more. I want people to realize, I want executives to realize, hey, this is the, this is the job. This is the job of the CEO is really to be able to empower their people to do their best work. And what that looks like is it starts with who they are. 100%. I talk about this all the time. If you want to improve your culture, look at, your, look at yourself in the mirror to the CEO. You, that's where the culture starts. You can yep. say all the words from a Harvard Business Review magazine, not going to make diddly squat of a difference unless you change from within, inside out, and then project that out, right? I yep. think that is how you drive culture. Yep. Not by implementing engagely and let and let engagely fix your culture or that's right HR it's just a tool it's just a, it's that. it's just another tool i have a pencil right it's a just another tool the phone is just another tool you can use it well or you can not use it well uh and i think that's really important be the be the culture change you want to see in your in the world exactly. that's in right? the Gandhi and Gandhi, Gandhi and Josh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sri uh, Chalapa, CEO of Engagedly. You can find out more about his platform at engagedly.com. I really appreciate you coming on. I think this was a really, really interesting conversation about alignment. I'm already thinking about kind of all the knock-on effects of some of the some of the, the the realizations that I had here. So I really appreciate you uh, sharing your wisdom with me and uh, and all my my audience here. Well, thanks, Josh. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Great Mondays Radio. Hey, if you want to be a guest. Head over to radio.greatmondays.com. And if you think this episode was interesting and your friends and fans would enjoy it, please share on social media. And if you want to get more people to understand the power of company culture in business today, please rate and review Great Mondays Radio on your podcast feed. It really helps us reach more people. If you want to hear more candid conversations with culture leaders, subscribe to Great Mondays Radio. I'd love to connect with you. Find me on LinkedIn at aka Josh Levine, on YouTube at Great Mondays, and you can always email me, josh at greatmondays.com. Find out more about our work with hypergrowth technology and social enterprise organizations at greatmondays.com. I'm Josh Levine. Thanks for listening to Great Mondays Radio.